Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, before I get started, um, let's sing a portion of that song again. Just one bar. How great, come on, is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Amen. Our God's an awesome God today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, God, that you're so awesome. God, we'll just pray today, Lord, that, Lord, I just come to you with like five loaves and two fish, and I ask that you would just multiply it to meet the needs of your people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come in power. Open our ears and our hearts to what the Holy Spirit would say today. God, encourage your people, God, this is your day. And God, we rejoice and we trust you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. God is good. All the time. Oh, come on now. Wow. We got, we got it going on here at Glad Tidings. All right. Uh, Zach, will you put up the first? Uh, there we go. This is the love can picture that we took last Thursday. Um, There's over 20 people that, that did the love can booth. And their last Thursday was the Glad Tidings Day. And uh, this is just the group on the night side, on the ladder, ladder side that we took a picture of. And... Um, and we saw lives changed. And it's going to be there for another week or two. If you have not had a chance to go to West Roads on the Von Mar side on the second floor, you need to go check out that booth. Um, and, you know, I just want to thank all the leaders that came, Pastor Mark and, and Mickey Graff. And there were so many others that came that we were just weren't able to get pictures of. But what was very interesting that day, you know, because God doesn't waste his time at things. Right? So... I'm there, and I was running the coffee bar because I'm all about caffeine. So, and, um, so I was running that, and two ladies came up to me. One of them said, hey, can you pray with her? And I said, what's going on? And she started to tell me what her needs were. And I just felt the Lord just had me turn to the left. And I looked to the left, and there was Mickey Graff, our children's director. And I said, Mickey, can you come over here? And Mickey came over there, and the ladies started to tell her what was wrong with her, this specialized disease, right? Well, Mickey then starts to say, you know what? I worked in some of the medical field, and I worked on that disease. So when Mickey started to pray, she went right at the heart of the matter. She started claiming the blood of Jesus all over all kinds of things I've never even heard of. But Mickey, with great faith, just began to pray. God does not waste his time, right? He's always moving. Something's always happening. And I didn't even know that Mickey at the time had even been in some sort of form of the medical field before coming to Glad Tidings. But you know what? It was that lady's time that day. And I want to thank our crew. Are there some here? Can you stand if you were part of the booth, part of the Love Can booth? I think I saw a couple of you. Can you stand real quick? Pastor Mark, there we go. That was part of our crew. Awesome. Okay, well, as Pastor uh, Walt had said, my name is Terry Brown, and um, I've been on staff for about 60 days. Um, tell you a little bit about myself, as people are still asking, where did you come from? You know, like I came from a foreign planet or something, you know? So I'm going to tell you kind of a little bit about myself. I have uh, nine siblings, seven sisters, and two brothers. And, um, 
and I have a beautiful wife. She's here today, 33 and a half years, Cindy. Cindy, can you stand up real quick? Oh, she's giving me that look like, ah, come on. That's my bride right there. All right. And I have three children. I have Aspen, Dallas, and Colton. I have three grandchildren. And uh, that is uh, Zane Lee, um, Amani Page, and also Malik. Three beautiful grandchildren. And uh, I gave my life to Christ when I was in college, my freshman year. Uh, my freshman year, I, went, I was like the prodigal son. My dad was a pastor. I just went wild at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, you know. And I remember coming home that summer, and I thought, something's got to change. And, you know, I, I listened to an old, I'm going to date myself. I listened to an old album for you young people. It's a black thing with a little hole in it, <laughs> right? And I listened to an album by the Imperials, and the song was, You're Forgiven. You're Forgiven. Now you've got a reason for living because Jesus keeps giving and giving and he gives until your heart overflows. And in my bedroom, after listening to that song for a couple of days, I fully committed my life to Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today, and I want to encourage you today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you know what? You can be forgiven. There's nothing too far from God's love for you. And you can be forgiven today. And I want to give you that opportunity at the end after we get done sharing. It's amazing that even in our missteps, God shows up, isn't it? Um, to tell you a little bit about myself, the people are saying, like, you know, where did you come from? We've been here. It's just that for the earlier part of our years, we served in the body, um, on the board, on the ushers, um, choir, a choir assistant leader. I was helping Michael Soli. Um, adult Sunday school teacher. We did a lot of things. And what happened was because God put so much into us, I got to tell you, this is what happened. It was nothing about glad tidings or me not participating. It was not that God made this seat so hot for me just sitting here that I eventually had to move and start doing what I felt, what God was leading me to do. And here he was, he was telling me to go out into the community and make a difference. So we went down to the open door mission at the time, Bob, Pastor Bob Timberlake and Candace were transitioning. And Candace said, hey, why don't you start a youth ministry? So everything that I stole from Pastor Walton Carey under the youth I'm telling you everything. You know, even when we went to Missouri and you guys, we bought those banners. Oh, yeah. I called and I, I got those banners. So I got everything. So what we did is we started the first youth ministry at the Open Door Mission. We saw young people start coming to Christ. You know, then the door opened up at the Ronald McDonald house. So my wife and I made meals for families there. And we got a chance to lay hands and pray for sick children. Then Servando Perales at Victory Boxing Club called and said, hey, I hear you're doing some stuff. Can you come help me? So we went down to the Victory Boxing Club on top of the other things we were doing. And all of a sudden we just, you know, we started to see lives change in South Omaha with the ministry that he's doing. And we saw people come out of gangs and now they're coming to Christ. Right? So great things were happening. Great things were happening. But I think the most important thing was I was driving past the open door mission where the Lydia house is now. You can visualize this. The grounds were, had trees and grass. And Cindy and I would drive by there every week to do the youth service. And God gave me this vision. It was the first vision I ever had. And God gave me this vision. The vision was this. I looked, every time I looked over to the right as I drove by, I saw the gospel of God, gospel of Jesus Christ being preached. I saw people being saved. I saw praise and worship going on. 
I saw people getting baptized. I saw the laying of hands on people. I saw people studying the Bible. I just saw God doing an amazing thing. And every time I drove by there, it finally got to the point where I had to do something. So what I did was I said, Cindy, you know what? We're going to have a group community, community, community picnic. So I didn't have a budget. Candace said she didn't have a budget. We had 300 people to feed. We weren't sure how it was going to go. Within 48 hours, I had like nothing. Nothing for 300 people. And I'm like, God, you told me to do this. You know, this ain't not me. You got to help me. What's going to happen here? So I got into the van, my van, and I just began to go down I-80, just calling out to God. And within 24 hours, within the next few hours, Omaha Steaks called us back. They supplied the meat. We got a guy to come out there with a flatbed truck from Glad Tidings. We got a Christian band, Luke and Lacey Pruitt. Their whole band got up on this flatbed truck. I mean, we didn't a ladder to get up on the truck, you know. And they did praise and worship. Uh, we called Hostess. They gave us Ho-Hos. Who likes the Ho-Hos? Right? That was our dessert. Um, and it worked, you know. And, um, and all these things started to happen. But we liked two things. We liked drinks and we liked chips. You got to have chips with drinks. So within 24 hours, we didn't have that. And... I, again, got on I-80 and just call, started calling out to God. And as I did, the Lord spoke to me. He said, go to Pepsi. So I went to Pepsi off 72nd Street, off the interstate. And I went there and said, you don't know me. I don't have a budget. I don't have anything to tell you really who I am other than my driver's license. But I need drinks for 300 people. And I need it today because it's happening tomorrow. And the lady looked at me. And she goes, okay, pull your van around the back. So I pulled my little minivan, the one that we went with the Missourian. I took my minivan, and we went, I went out the back, and I backed up to the dock, and there's all these Pepsi trucks lined up there. And I'm looking, and I see all these forklifts kind of coming down there. I'm like, man, they're going to load up these Pepsi trucks. That was for me. So all these forklifts started coming, and they start, these guys started loading Pepsi or cans into my uh, van. And being a, a UPS guy at the time, I loaded that thing like I was loading your packages. I got every can that I could in that the little van, and it became a little... Uh, pimp mobile. I mean, literally I had to tell them to stop because my, my, my tires were getting low. So I, I said, thank you. I got back on 72nd street, headed toward Papillion where I live. I rolled down the windows, man. And I was just singing how great thou art, how great thou art. And, uh, Zach can contest to this Zach Ford. Um, we then unloaded all the, all the drinks into my garage. And I said, Lord, we need chips. So I drove into Bellevue, got on Fort Crook and I saw a Frito-Lay truck and I started following it. And I started honking at the Frito-Lay truck. You know what? This is on God, not me, right? So the Frito-Lay truck pulls over. It used to be Albertsons. It's not there anymore near the old South Roads. And it, pull, it pulls over. And it was a lady who worked for me in the operation that I was responsible for. This was her day job. And she goes, Terry, what, what are you doing here? Why are you following me? I said, I need chips. I got 300 people. I need potato chips. And here's what she said. She goes, you're not going to believe this. She goes, I'm the one who works for Frito-Lay. I go from store to store picking up the chips that are close to being expired. They're still good. And she goes, and she goes, she goes, so let me call my boss and see if I can give you what I've got. She calls her boss. She says, give him everything. So she opens up the back of her truck. Chips are falling out all over the place, right? So we filled the van up. We filled the van up. The end of the story. We filled the van up. And again, how great thou art, right? And we went out there and lives were changed. 
And when we started that, I want to tell you this. When we started that, Beacon Van Lines came and gave us blankets so people weren't sitting on the ground. I mean, all these things were happening. That was 300 people. Today, that is up to 4,000 people. And the mission is now doing it themselves. Give God praise. Amen. All right, Zach, can you give me Galatians? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that's what we did. And if God is calling you to do something, I'm here to tell you today, he will bring the provisions. It may not be in your time. He may ask you to dig a little deeper in your faith, right? I call it like the anchor of faith, like where you got to take, anybody know what a spade shovel is, the sharp end of a spade shovel, where you got to dig deep? Sometimes you got to do that. You got to dig deep in faith like that, and you got to plant yourself, and you got to trust God. Okay, so I just want to encourage you today. I don't know what your situation is today or where you're coming from, but you know what? God is faithful and his love will never fail you. Let's go to the next slide. Let's talk about love. What is the definition of love? It's a deep affection. It's intimacy. It's passion. It's worship. It's a yearning. It's a desire. It's a fondness. And that's what we did during our praise and worship. Here's what we did. There was a deep affection for Jesus's love. There was intimacy in drawing closer. There was passion for God. There was a yearning and desire for his presence. There was a fondness for the work done on the cross. That's what we did today in our worship and loving God. And I believe today that love starts in the church. We are the ones that set the example of what love is in this world. And you know what? Before you guys even came into the sanctuary, into the auditorium today, I want you to know that love can, which is our theme for the next few weeks, love can was working on your behalf before you even came. Let me tell you. Let me break it down. Love can is the shuttle drivers that picked you up. Love can are the greeters at the door welcoming you to the house of God. Love can is the welcome team that says we value you here. Love can are the ushers that say good morning and stand at the door with expectations of meeting you. Love can is your small group. Amen, small groups? Love can is the praise and worship team. Love can is the choir who practices the late hours to lead you into the presence of God. Love can is the sound and lighting crew. Love can is our prayer and altar call teams that are waiting today with great expectations to pray with you. Love Can is our security team. Love Can is our spirit-led youth and ministry uh, teams. Love Can is our church hospitality. Love Can is our parking lot and transportation teams. Love Can is our care and deliverance team. Love Can is our facilities team. Love Can is our entire staff and all the other ministries that fall under those. Love can make a difference. God's love makes a difference. And I wanted to tell you today, God's love never changes. And he will not fail you. No matter what your situation is today, he will not fail you. Let's talk about Paul. Can we put that scripture up? What does the apostle Paul say about love? Let's take a look at this. He says this to the church. He would say this to us. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clinging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can phantom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over to my body to the hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. 
Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. How many need a little bit of that? I know I do, right? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. And let's leave it there. When I was in fourth grade in Anchorage, Alaska, my dad was Air Force. Um, this guy called me out to fight. Now, we live in a culture sack, so there are like 15 houses in this culture sack. And this guy wanted to fight me. I had never been in a fight all my life, right? I think the only person I ever hit was my sisters, and they probably had it coming, right? Just kidding. But so I'd never been in a fight. And all these guys, you know, 10, 20, 30 guys knocking on my door. Terry Brown, you're being called out. Come on. This guy's going to fight you. You better come on out here. And my older brother, who was the one at home at the time, says, you got to go. Family honor is on your name. Right? And I'm like, oh, this is not good. This guy's taller than me. He's bigger than me. He's about a grade older than I am. So I go out the door because, you know, my older brother's like, come on, you can do it, Rocky. Let's go. So I go out, so I go out there, and the guy pushes me. I don't push him back. The guy pushes me again. I don't push him back. I'm just looking at him. But he's bigger than I am. And he's taller than I am. All I saw was his hand go up like this. Right? And I'm thinking, it's over. And I saw this fist start to move. But I didn't feel anything. But I heard this sound. And I opened my eyes. My seven sisters were on him. Before he even swung and hit me. Hairs flying. Scratching happening. One of them even took his belt off and spanked him with his own belt. Right? Yeah, that was my sister's. Why? Because love always protects. Right? It's a natural thing. But think about this. How much more is God into protecting you? How much more is God into protecting you? So it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves Love never fails. Can we say that together? Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But God's love never fails. And let me tell you today, as we go to the next scripture. And now these three things remain. There's faith. There's hope. And there's love, Paul says. He says something interesting, but he says, the greatest of all of these things is love. You mean they're greater than prophecy? Yes. You mean they're greater than hope? Yes. But what gets me is it's greater than faith, because we know in Hebrews eleven six it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. So if I had a discussion with Paul today, I would say, Paul, are you telling me that love is greater than faith? Yep. You mean love is greater than hope because Titus 2.13 says, Why we wait for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. You're telling me it's greater than that, Paul? Yep. Love is greater than all of those things. The main characteristic of God is love. Is love. So all of these other gifts and even faith and hope are really based off of God's love. And that's why it's very important as we're in the love can campaign, you know, that you make those phone calls, that you contact people, because that's the characteristic of Christ. Now, we're on a five-week campaign. Let me share with you something. 
This should be our campaign every day. Not just after five weeks. We're giving everybody tools to do this. This is a characteristic of Jesus Christ. See, because his love didn't fail you on the cross. And his love is not going to fail you now. Right? So he wants you to get out. He's asking us to make a difference. Let me tell you this. When my kids get sick. We pull out this thermometer, right? When your kids get sick and you put it in their armpit or you put it in their mouth or somewhere else we won't talk about, right? So, and you do that. Why? You do it because you want to take their temperature. So the question I guess I would ask you, if this was called spiritual temperature of love and if we gave it to everyone in here, what would your meter read? What would your love meter read? Because I don't know about you. I'm still a workman. God is still working on me. I want to love people more, even more than I do. I want to love till it hurts. I haven't got to that point yet, right? But what would your meter read if we were to take your love temperature today? Based off what Paul said, what would it say? The love I'm talking about today, brothers and sisters, is a supernatural love that only God gives It was God's love for you that took Jesus to the cross and the same love wants you to love others just the way they are, not love their sin, but love who they are. And through that love, transformation can take place, right? And we've heard a lot of testimonies up here between Pastor Walton Carey over things that they've done over the last month, right? Where they've done things and they've impacted people's lives who weren't saved. You know why? Because they loved on them. Because God's love will not fail. We just got to take the steps. So here today, you know, I just want you to know that I'm not sure what your situation is today, but I know that God's love never fails you and he will not fail you. There's a young couple here that I met and I asked him just to send me his testimony. And uh, it's Brandon and his wife, Faith. I don't know if they're here right now. Yeah, Brandon's right behind Pastor Walt. And, you know, I'm just going to share a little bit of what God's love has done in his life. Here's what it's done. He says, I didn't get it the first hundred times I heard about Jesus. After all, church was just once a Sunday morning or chore that I did with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. I went every Sunday to be a normal person. To fix all the wrong that I did the week before. Even though I was so broken inside, God had a plan for me. And he wanted to yank me from my toxic, toxic ways and place me in a new path. He goes on to say, everything in my life escalated very quickly. It was a matter of five minutes when I was saved. And that moment was a supernatural thing. And I still tear up and I get chills when I think about the love of God. He talks about on a Wednesday night that he came, which he says in his testimony, if you're not coming on Wednesday night, you're missing out. God is doing some unbelievable things on Wednesday night. And I would encourage you to come. But he ends it with this. God is love. We need to quickly do our best to spread his love through Omaha in this, in this hurting world. And I want to be a part of that. And Brandon, thank you very much for writing your testimony for us. So today I want to encourage you today that, you know what? There are times God has intervened in my life. That his love has just been poured upon him, poured upon, upon me. And I want to encourage you today. There is a supernatural love that God can give. 
It's the same love that drove Jesus to the cross for you. It's a supernatural love. It's not an Omaha love. It's not a man love. It's not a women's woman's love. It's a supernatural love that can only come from heaven and that changes lives. And it will change you. It will change you. And I'm here to tell you, it changed me. And it changed many others. So I want to encourage you today. If you need that supernatural love from God today, later on, we're going to open up the altars. And as I shared with the group earlier, all I'm going to do is get out of the way and let God do his thing. But today I believe God is saying, I want to pour supernatural love on the people in glad tidings. Supernatural love on the people in Omaha. Supernatural love. And you can trust God because you know what? He's not one that should lie. And he's not one that will disappoint you. In 1994, I had a really tough situation, my wife and I. Our son was about to be born, and he got really sick right after he got born. We found out that he had a a virus that is so rare. Uh, It's very rare. And he started to, like, die, basically, on us. And this disease began to eat his heart like a machine, like Pac-Man, just started to eat it up. And... The doctors came to us and they said, hey, you can unplug this machine, this life support that he's on. You can unplug it and let him die, right? And I remember going to prayer and I was like, God, if you want him, you take him. If you don't take him, God, we're going to ask, seek, and knock. We're going to keep praying until something happens. So they told us that there was one plane that could take my son um, and this life support with him on one airplane. And it was President Bill Clinton's airplane. I needed the president's medical team in their airplane to come get my boy to take him from Omaha or our son from Omaha to Scott's Air Force Base in Illinois. And how many know you always have the doubters, right? Surgeon General said, nope, not going to happen. So we had somebody else fight for us. And I want to show you that video and the story of our son and how the grace of God, the God that his love, whose love never fails, will intervene on your behalf regardless of your situation. Somewhere underneath that medical machinery is my son Dallas. A life support system called the ECMO machine was keeping him alive. But that would only work for a couple of weeks. It wasn't long before doctors presented us with the options. We could unplug the machine, which almost certainly would mean that Dallas would die, or we could try for heart transplant in St. Louis. My wife and I cried and prayed. We waited on God for several days. Finally, we decided to try for the heart transplant. Now, the problem of transporting Dallas came into play. Because of the massive amount of equipment needed to keep him alive, it would take a specially equipped medical plane. The Air Force had the only one available. The Bible says to ask, seek, and knock. So we began that process. We called television and newspaper outlets, Offutt Air Force Base, politicians, even the White House, trying to get approval for the plane. The Surgeon General's office turned us down, saying the odds are against Dallas surviving. But God was still working in all of this. Soon, Senator Bob Kerry called us. He had received special permission from the Air Force to use their plane. The Air Force officials were surprised because it was highly unusual for so many military personnel to be sent to the aid of a tiny infant. 
they said we must know someone with a lot of authority. Still, there was tremendous danger. Doctors had 60 seconds to transfer Dallas from one machine to the other for the flight. It took 90 seconds, but at the 60-second mark, Dallas's heart started to beat on its own. Just another miracle in a series of many. A biopsy taken after the heart transplant showed that most of Dallas's heart had been destroyed by the virus. His heart should have never beat on its own. During the trip to St. Louis, I got a sense that the situation is in God's hands. A warmth overtakes me. God has taken the weight of this off my shoulders. I feel safe and secure and fall asleep. When I awake, I felt God's presence. He gave me a new heart on that plane. My life changed forever. When we arrived in St. Louis, God continued to work. He brought people into our lives, total strangers who encouraged us to keep believing in God. A lady provided an apartment for us to stay, and another provided a car. In fact, time doesn't permit us to share all the events, all the people he orchestrated as this miracle began unfolding. Dallas finally got his heart transplant. Even there, a nurse assured us that God had everything under his control. The transplant goes well. Four weeks later, we are on our way back home to Omaha with little Dallas, and we're able to share with the media what God has done for our son. Even then, Dallas faced an uphill battle. His immune system was suppressed so that his body would not reject the new heart. Any type of disease could be disastrous, and Dallas lived in relative isolation. But God protected and continues to protect. By the time his first birthday rolled around, Dallas looked like a typical toddler. There's only one word I can use to describe this. It's a miracle. And I thank God for what he's done. Amen. And you know what? They told us that due to the fact that he was, you know, that due to the fact that all of his illnesses, that, you know, there's a time when the oxygen didn't go to his brain and things weren't right, that, you know, that he'd never be able to learn and that he'd never be able to run. And you know what? He got A's and B's in school. He ran in the high school track team. And this is my son, Dallas, today, standing right here because, because our God is able. Our God is faithful. Dallas, come up here so they can see you up there. Come on. Come on. Come here. He's kind of bashful. He's a little taller than I am. Right? But um, there's many reasons why I worship the way that I do. There's a lot of reasons. Thanks, Dallas. And I want to show you why. Can we go to that scripture? It says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all of your works and I will meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? None. What God is great? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among your people. For I am convinced. <laughs> 
let me tell you something before I read this. When that happened to Dallas, when my life changed, I remember for about three weeks, I cried every day. You see, because when you have an encounter with God, something happens. You start to realize how awesome he is. You know, there's a scripture that says, God says, I am that I am. You know how I prayed after that? I am the great I am. I am the great I am. That's how I pray. Because I know that our God is a God that will not fail. His love will not fail you. No matter where you are in your life, in your situation, rather in the balcony on the floor, God's love will not fail you. And you may be thinking, okay, Terry, that worked out great. Man, that was a great story. It looks like everything came through. The sun's shining. The birds are chirping. It's all good. But Terry, have you ever had that time in your life, like when the cloud came over you, where it didn't look like God was there? Yeah, I did. November 15th of last year, my little granddaughter, Amani Page, four days away from her second birthday, was killed by a man. And we didn't get a chance to celebrate her second birthday. You remember I told you about my worship. My worship. See, I remember what God did for Dallas. Right? And that same God with this unbelievable, unfailing love came and lifted my family up. Just lifted us up in the darkest of hours. And there's a scripture. We can put that up, Zach. This is the anthem of my family. This is where we're at today. For I am convinced that neither the death of my granddaughter nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present, nor the future, nor any, not any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me, separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate you from his love. Even when the clouds come, God's able to lift you up. So I don't know what your situation is today. As I went to prayer for the service, all the Lord told me was, you know what, Terry, just tell them to come. Just tell them to raise their hands and tell them to come and I'll meet them. Because you know what we need? God's unfailing love. God's unfailing love. He will not disappoint you. It may seem like it's the deepest part or the highest part, the widest part. The enemy may be coming at you, but nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing, nada, can separate you from his great love. You know, before I end, and I ask you to come forward if you want to come. You know, when I go to the mission, I share the gospel. I always tell the guys this, because, you know, the guys are very prideful. I always tell them, you know what? Forget about the person on your right and your left. 
pretend like you're the only one there and I'm speaking to you. And when I tell them to come, like these guys start responding. And I want to encourage you today, from the balcony to the altar, you know what, when I give the call to come, just come. It's not about me. I couldn't help myself in those situations. Trust me, I'm still leaning on God every day. I think about my granddaughter every day. But God comes and lifts me. God's love can overcome your situation. He will not fail you. Jesus didn't fail you. God will not fail you. And if you're not a Christian today, come. If you're not a Christian today, Pastor Walt's favorite word, I love it, come. And if you're here today, I want to challenge you, everyone here, just come. Will you meet me here? Will you meet me so that we can call upon the Lord together? Will you, will you come with your hands lifted up and say, Lord, here I am. I just need a supernatural dose of your love. Will you come? Not the person on your right or your left, you. You, will you come? God will not disappoint. Just come. He is faithful. He's the lifter of your head every morning. He has not forgotten you. The Bible says you are the apple of his eye. Just come. Just come. Hands lifted up. He's worthy. He's worthy. He is worthy. Our God is the great I am. He is the great I am. He is the great I am. Just come. Father, we thank you today. We lift our hands up to you, Lord, the author and the finisher of our faith. We lift our hands up to you, the one who is able, the one who says, call upon my name in the time of trouble, and I will answer. The one who loves his people. God, I pray that you would pour out supernatural love upon us. God, I pray that you would answer the call of the hearts today. The Bible says, you know our hearts, what we're thinking in our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would answer the call of people's hearts. God, pour out your love upon your people. These are your people made for your glory. Pour out your love, oh God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, into your work. He is worthy. You are worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are worthy, O God. You are worthy, Lord. Father, regardless of the situation, it might be weighty. You said to cast our cares upon you because you care for us today. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. 
great and mighty great and mighty is thy name you are worthy oh god you are worthy i'm not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ you are worthy oh god 